as Costa moves up to the edge of the penalty area. Tees up Dallas in the D. Stuart Dallas outside of the foot. Oh, what a finish from Stuart Dallas. official Leeds United podcast. Now, Pat unfortunately can't join us this week, so I'm sure that you'll both join me in wishing him well after he picked up that injury against Chelsea, right, lads? Right. Absolutely, yeah. We need him fighting fit, don't we? We need him fit and firing. We certainly do, and the voices that you can hear there may sound familiar. It is, of course, Matthew Lewis joining us across the pond. You all right, Matt? Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm still still enjoying that uh, hard-fought point we got at the weekend, so yeah, doing very well. We'll have a chat about that shortly. And you've been cat-sitting recently, haven't you? I have. I have a kitten on my lap right now. How's that working out for you, Matt? Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, she is, is actually very, very cute and, and loving and, and not a normal cat that likes to, like, attack Claw you. Claw away at you. She's, um, yeah, she's all right. Yeah, she looks very placid and docile and very content sat there in your lap. Yeah, and she's got a little cone on, bless her, because she's just, she's been fixed. Oh, bless her. Well, let's see how she feels when she hears Jermaine Beckford talk. How are you, Jermaine? You all right? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Is that a Siamese cat? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're cat sitting and you don't even He's know what, what type of you, cat man. you're looking after. No, I think, I, I do think it is a Siamese. I only know yeah. that off of uh, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. We are Siamese if you <laughs> oh, yeah. The podcast has started well. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're in a singing mood, Bex. Yes, so am I, Jermaine. Yeah, you need to warm their vocals up. Matt, are you in a singing mood? No. He's always in no, a singing I'm, mood. I don't sing. Well, you're going to. Uh, because inspired by BBC Breakfast Mike Bushell <laughs> and Matt's mate Kev, we asked you all for some more Rafinha chants and you have been sending them in in your hordes. They are amazing. So we've got two here that we've uh, we've handpicked to sing for you. Oh, Lads, you bailed on me last week. So please, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm going to ask, right, before I say what the song is, do you both know this tune, the first one? No. Get, get away, you don't Liar. know that song. What is the point in even asking me then? You're not going to take my Jermaine word for Bedford it. says <laughs> he doesn't know the tune to Mamma Mia by ABBA. Matt, you clearly do. Well, I mean, it's a great movie, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Rafinha, here he goes there again. Go. Right, are you ready? Rafa, you're the lead. Hold on. You're the lead and oh, we adore you. There's an extra syllable there, isn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah. there was. There's an extra one there. But it kind of worked. Your leads, we adore yeah, you. all right. Rather than... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you, but like, hold on, hold on. It needs a little bit of work. It needs a little bit of work. Yeah, well, do you want to sing it again or, or are you happy with your performance? Nah, do you know what? Let's give it a, let's give it a good go, shall we? Okay. If we're going to do right. it, we're going to do it properly. Okay. So I'll take the Rasta, first one. Your leads in the, yeah. uh, in the style yeah, okay. of... Uh, what is it? Mamma Mia? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, right, let's see. Don't want to get these words wrong, do we? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Rafinha. Here he goes again. Rafa, your leads, we adore you. La 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 la. Yeah. There we go. Yes, Jimmy. Love it. Love it. Now, Matt, we hand the bat on to you for this one. Oh, my dear. Um, Robert Ryan suggested this to the tune of the last. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you start, him, is that a bead of sweat dripping from his forehead already? You <laughs> 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 can't be that nervous, Matty. Come on. Do you know, my, my agent only exclusively, she sends me tapes now where it, it says in the script, he sings brackets badly. Because <laughs> <laughs> she knows full well that I can't sing. Well, so, don't deprive yeah. of us that voice then, Matt. Come on. Just imagine you're in an audition, 
right? Me and Bex mm. are going to cast yeah. you in this role if you nail it, oh. yeah? Someone's going to write in concerned that I'm strangling this cat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, or I'll, I'll I'll do the first verse and you can take over the second one, Emma. Right, Matt, I'll count you in, okay? In Jeez. three. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Two, one, go. There he goes. <laughs> there he goes again. Racing down the wing. Yes. And I just can't contain <laughs> Rafinha when he's playing. Yes, Matt. Yes. There you go. Yes. What an amazing song. Oh. Fantastic. Hey, hats off, mate. Hats off. I feel devastated. I feel emasculated. <laughs> I feel like it's ruined my life and career, but never mind. You do the next verse. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure people are ready for this, though, because I kind of destroyed the song last week, but I'm going to go all in. All right, lads. No, you did You did really well last week, Em. Really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some workmen here at Ellen Road, and I'm just a bit concerned that they might hear me from here, but I'm going to go for it, okay? <laughs> there he goes. There he goes again. Off poor Ren, and I just can't explain. Rafinha is insane. That was great. Yes. That was really good. That, was really good. Thank that, you. Is, that Thank is better you. than Matty's. That was much better than mine. Well, you see, you actually commit to it, Emma. This is the thing, right? After, after the battle with any kind of performances, you just got to commit, yeah. and you went for it. So Do you know you what, lads? Though I feel like that was a good initiation. That that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like yeah, we all know brilliant. each other well now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how's the cat feeling after that, Matt? She's very stressed. She she, she just sat up. She's really stressed. Oh. So thank you to um, Robert Ryan and Peter Portelli um, yes. for those suggestions. Um, I know that we've got a bit of a running order, but I, I'm sorry to interrupt, guys. I've got a little surprise for you all this week. Ooh. And, uh, well, he's just turned up. <gasps> okay, so as a friend of mine, he's coming here. He's here to explain... The Wenger rule. Okay, so please welcome to the chat, Sky Sports offside expert and much-loved Saturday night TV yes! personality, Daryl O'Leary. Yes! There he is, what a man! <laughs> welcome, welcome, oh, Dermot. Hi, fellow Leeds fans. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, oh, you already know Jermaine. Well, me and Jermaine Pennant go way back, so... Uh, well, do you know what? I, I was sad to be called Dermot Gallagher, so thank you, Jermaine. <laughs> this is Emma. Was, Emma, this is Dermot. Hi, Dermot. Uh, I know all about this podcast since my name popped up on Twitter. So <laughs> then I started listening to it and halfway through, I really enjoyed it. And then halfway through, I was listening to it thinking, you're an Arsenal fan. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> as a child, I was an Arsenal fan as well. That right. Because my dad was a massive Man United fan and I wanted to do the best thing that I, the best thing I could think of to piss him off was become an Arsenal fan because at the time <laughs> they were both vying for the title. So I did that. Soon as I signed for Leeds, he became a Leeds United fan. And he, whenever I say he used to be a massive Man U fan, he says to me, listen, whenever you're talking about me, please just, just tell them that I'm a Leeds fan as well, because like everybody hates me for no reason. And they shouldn't because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> it's very, very rare for someone to be a Manchester United fan and then switch to being a Leeds fan, right? I mean, that's, yeah. this is the rivalry, you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Massive, massive. Um, but because I played for Leeds for a number of years, I think he couldn't help but fall in love with the club. So it was just part and parcel yeah. of, of his transition, the same as mine. Yeah. No, but I, I, do you know, I think what fans love about you, Jermaine, you know, is that great interview you did where 
I think they asked you about transfer and you went to see this badge on my crest. And, and uh, you know, it was an Arsenal fan. I just went, I love that guy. Oh, I love that guy because he cares about the club he plays for. And I think a lot of fans, it doesn't, you know, football's, it's changed so much, but the, the fundamentals of the game still apply as fans. You just, you want to see honest players that care about your team and they care about each other. And, that, you know, I mean, there's that great Johan Cruyff quote is that you know I've never seen a bag of money score a goal yeah. you want your players to just love the team they're at and don't get me wrong I think fans that works both ways I think fans I get really annoyed with sort of modern fans that we just two two rubbish performances and they're like just get them get rid of them yeah. get them out and <laughs> you know, there's so many stats in the game now, and I don't think it is a game of stats. It's a game, you know, unless you see a game and you go and watch a game, sometimes you never really appreciate how hard players work exactly. and the difference they can make to the uh, to a game. You know, that might not be reflected on the stat sheet, but sometimes it's just about the presence of someone that can that can that can swing a game. So I've always enjoyed watching Leeds play as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of my parents came over here in the late 60s so I've always been brought up an Irishman So and Leeds have always had that kind of constant thread of, of great Irish talent when I was growing up like, about the same age as me but I mean, sort of Gary Kelly and, and Ian Hart were just yeah. like, they were just monsters in that team weren't they yeah. so um yeah, so I duffed my cap to the white rose. <laughs> well, yes. we appreciate we appreciate that very Amazing. very much, Dermot. Um, obviously, um, Pat's going to be gutted because he was uh, he would have really enjoyed this. He's he picked up an injury at the weekend, so we're just hoping yeah, that cool. he's going to get himself fit for for Friday. He's working hard in training, um, and obviously, as an Arsenal fan, we thought you'd be perfect to explain the Wenger rule. Um, so, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> as you were explaining to Bex on Sky Sports yeah. last week, if you could explain that to us. Remember that chat we had? <laughs> we'd, we'd appreciate it. My namesake, David Gallagher. Well, as opposed to the current rule, it considers a player offside if any part of their body that can legally score with this beyond the final outfield defender at the time the ball is played. Monsieur Wenger has proposed the almost opposite rule. With the rule, the player must be deemed onside so long as any part of their body that can legally score is still level with the last outfield defending player when the ball is played. Soon to be trialled in the likes of China, this new rule would have seen Pat's goals against Palace and Wolves both stand, as well as Tyler Roberts' goal against West Ham. Wow. Um, my eyes didn't move there at all, did they? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not Very even well the slightest bit. Thank you. That was very well done. Matt, you tell me, Matt, how well, you know, you're the actor. How well read was that? Was that all right? I was, I was perfect. <laughs> I was absolutely exactly. Thank you for, for reading that. Dermot, honestly, that's better than anything I've seen Matty do. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the bloody thing. Give me give me some credit. Even when he was in Lord of the Rings. Here we go. Matt, you get a hard time on this podcast. I do. Thank you very much. I'm glad you acknowledge that. I do. I come on here giving my time, trying to bring joy to their miserable little lives, and this is all the stink I get. <laughs> he gives as good as he gets. Listen, congratulations on the great season. I think neutrals love watching you guys play. Um, I think there's something like mesmeric about Bielsa as well. And there's also something equally mesmeric about his translator. On my Arsenal WhatsApp group, we are obsessed with his translator. You've got to get him on the podcast. Have you had him on yet? No, not yet, have we? He's definitely on our list, though, eh? What I love about it is you expect a translator to be kind of quite stoical and quite down the middle. And what I love about Bielsa's translator is he's, he just <laughs> looks like he's got a bit about him, doesn't he? So yes. when he, he says stuff, you just think, He's the manager as well. He's like, he's probably in there. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a perfect double act, aren't they? With really, the straight man and the really, foot. I just think they're going to be... And the thing is, yeah, Bielsa can never leave now because I don't want that guy to be out of work. I just love him. He's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, you've been great, great entertainer. I'd love to see you, like, you know, do really well this year. And I think, I think now you know you're going to be... Think of about when big clubs get promoted... 
like look like to Villa, if they can just survive the first couple of years, then that money yeah. starts returning a little bit. And because you, you're such a great brand, then the money starts returning a little, and then you can like properly bed in and become, and you know, and become a mainstay, can't you? Like, what would you yeah, want? What would you want from this season and then next season? Because this season is such a weird season without the crowds, isn't it? But we talked a lot about that um, um, sort of leading up to the first few games and, and um, Bex and I were sort of saying how we'd be happy with 17th. We just want to stay up, you know. Yeah. Um, and then as the season's gone on, we've we've played so well that actually 17th would be an enormous disappointment now. Um, and to play without without the, the fans all year, there's a bunch of points there that we'll, we'll pick up once we get a full stadium, you know, 40,000 people at Ellen Road. And so I think, you know, this year finish as high as we can whatever next year's where we're going to really see what Leeds United is like in the Premier League I think great to see you guys back in Europe as well do you know what that's that's the aim obviously first and foremost is about cementing the Premier League status and touch wood we are very very close to doing that now there are eight nine ten teams in the league that are worse than us in terms of overall performances and just in general rubbish football teams if I'm being honest um <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's the official Leeds United podcast. I speak the truth. <laughs> so, but, you know, as you mentioned there, Dermot, as soon as we've had a year or two in the Premier League, we're going to have that, that windfall of cash coming in. Not to mention the fans coming back in, the sponsorships coming all over the place. And I think within the next three or four years, we'll be looking to, to cement our place in, in European football in some sort of form. You know, and that's I think that's that's got to be the aim, that's got to be the goal. If we don't if we don't set our sights that high, then we're ultimately we're gonna be failing ourselves, I think. Yeah, well, you? I mean, you know, like you, realistically, you, you, nowadays you finish and this is why I think European Super League is damned. I just I hate the idea of anything you don't qualify by merit makes no sense to me, and I just don't Agreed. think the interest Agreed. there after a while. And also with those kind of super clubs. They, let's say there's a breakaway of 16. It won't take too long before they go, well, hang on a second, the bottom eight aren't doing too well. Let's have another breakaway of eight. And otherwise you just exactly. want... Like, yeah. If it's not special, it, it becomes normal. It's the, the, There's no point to it in the first place, you know? And you've got you know, football has to survive by, by getting there on merit, 100%. So if you think you can finish realistically now with the way the Cups go, the big teams end up winning the Cups, so you probably sort of league you know, position would be down to probably seventh, eighth. That, with that, within a year or two, should be well within your grasp, I think. You've got a great chance of that. I think That's so. the plan. Man, you're turning me. I've got to go in two minutes. I'm going to be a Leeds fan by the time I leave here. Yes! We'll get you a shirt sent over. Yeah. I'm sure Rads will send one in the post. Um, well, Dermot, I know you've I know you've got a jam-packed Sky Sports schedule, so uh, I will I will let you go. Um Apparently I've got to go on a radio two zoom now in two minutes. So yeah, which will be which will be a lot different than this. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining the Venger rule. Thank Great. you very Absolute much. Absolute legend. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you guys. Legendary. I've never seen you look happier. <laughs> At one point, Matt, I, saw... I thought we needed to log out because there was a full-on bromance happening there. Yeah, I know. I was gonna leave into it. Uh, there, there was a part there where I was thinking, I see Dermot O'Leary pop up on the bottom of the screen, the name, and I was like, oh, Pat's here. You know, Pat's here, he's changed his name on the screen. Oh, this will be funny. I see Dermot and I'm like, it's Dermot! Yes! <laughs> I wanted to do a couple of X Factor bits and bobs and and yeah, but no, what a lovely guy. I'm sure after your bromance, he'll come on again and you'll get the chance to do all of the X Factor stuff, Jermaine. Don't worry. Decent. Well, listen, guys, on that note, I'm off. Take care. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs>
<laughs> right. Um, I think he is actually a Leeds fan as well by the end of that. He was talking really, really passionately about us, wasn't he? Uh, well, do you know what? Like, it's it's been really interesting for me like to see the amount of people this season that support other clubs that have just said that Leeds have been a breath of fresh air and it's been um, a, a real welcome addition to what can, can be a bit of a... I don't know, a bit of sterile Premier League at times, particularly in that bottom half where it's just kind of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And Leeds have come in and they've just brought something new that so many... I mean, I hate the phrase second team because I don't know if people should have one, but we are so many people's second teams. They've got a a massive appreciation for us and what we're doing and what we look like and how we've approached this, this season. Obviously, it's been a crazy one for everybody, but the way Bielsa set the team up is just a breath of fresh air and and listen I hate the I hate those sayings the standard breath of fresh air sec everybody second team yada 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 but we are and everybody's excited when Leeds United come on television when you see Leeds United are playing whoever it may be everybody tunes in it could be Leeds v Man City or it could be Leeds v uh, Burnley or Sheffield United for for example you know teams that aren't necessarily doing so well and the viewing numbers will be through the roof. It's breathtaking. It's amazing. And it's, you know, it's it's happening over here in the United States. I know I've mentioned it before on previous episodes, but the amount of people that I had my lead shirt on yesterday and there was a bunch of lads who were out running and one of them went, I love the lead shirt. And it was like, I've been over here for like six years and that's never happened until this year. Wow. And now, now that we're on, you know, we're on NBC, we're being talked about in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, um, mm. and, and people are paying attention and maybe, you know, obviously America, they love, they love end to end sports. They love goals. They love stuff happening all the time. And Leeds are giving that and yeah. people are, are taking notice over here. And even, I know we're about to talk about it in a minute, but that nil nil with Chelsea, that was a good game to watch. It was a great game. Let's talk about it then, lads. Um, and and shortly after that, Jermaine, we're going to talk about your retirement as well. So I want you to um, save some mental space for that. From the podcast, I'm going nowhere, love. <laughs> 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 um, but like you say, Matt, good game and a, a good yep. point overall, wasn't it really? Um, I mean, it was. It was a great point considering actually, I, I was I was texting Bex after the game asking what we what we what we thought, and and we were both sort of saying that. You know, Chelsea, regardless of how expensive their squad is um, on paper, but just actually recently they're the informed team, and um, yeah, they don't they've not conceded a lot, but they've they've been scoring a couple of goals, and and for us to completely you know leaky defence leads to completely shut them out for our what is it our eighth ninth clean sheet of the season, mm. um, I thought was was superb. Um, I'd have taken a point before kickoff, but actually it was one of them where. The best chances probably fell to us. Um, on another day, we could have nicked it. And I, and I was, I said this to Pat as well. I said, if, if he'd have stayed on the field, I had a really good feeling. I really think if he'd have stayed on, he he, he probably would have nicked one in the second half. I hoped he did stay on because I had him as first goal scorer. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm listen. I'm not holding it against him. When I see him, I'll take the money off him then. But. Like, I, I've let it go. <laughs> I've let it go. I can, I um, can tell, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> no listen, like, like Matty said, um, we had the better chances in the game. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, but even while the game was going on, I was thinking to myself, well, look, this is a perfectly poised game. It's very evenly poised. We're having great possession, doing a lot of good things with the ball as well, moving it well. But when the ball was turned over, they were doing really well with the ball. 
But the, the thing that stopped them, we were getting back very quickly into great defensive mm-hmm. positions to stop the spaces and, and break up play. You know, I think apart from maybe once or twice when Kante picked the ball up and broke through the midfield line um, and was attacking the, the back four, I don't really recall them having any real clear-cut opportunities. You know, we both had one of those very unfortunate um, shots that came ricocheting off the crossbar. You know, they they had a very lucky one that that young Melier just, just ended up cherry-picking out of the sky like it was nothing. He wasn't even concerned or worried about, which I, I, I'll be honest, I was. Um, and then down the <laughs> other end, Tyler. Tyler ended up... Um, clipping a beautiful little shot, a, a, a tidy little inside of the foot chip to the far corner and um, unfortunately hit the, the crossbar. I thought it was going to hit the crossbar, bounce down. This is pretty similar to what happened to us against Wolves. Traore shot, bounce down, yeah. hit the keeper in the back and then trickle in the back of the net. That's what I was hoping for. But as the game went on, I just thought to myself, listen, they've conceded two goals in 11 games. They're, they're undefeated. I will take a point. I will take a point. You can't be too greedy with where we are at the, this current moment in time in in terms of league position, in terms of being back in the Premier League up against the team. And I know you didn't want to mention how much they cost, the, the squad value, but their squad is worth a pretty penny, if I'm honest. Yeah. So again, I'll take that all day long. And it's another point closer to where we want to be, guys. Another point closer. As you've just alluded to there, it was a game where when the ball was in the mid- midfield, it, it both teams were creating good stuff. And it wasn't mm. like it was all Chelsea and then we just nicked the, the lucky the lucky chances. It, both teams were having great opportunities and it just felt like you could say Leeds are, that's kind of where we can be looking at now as our, our level. I'm not going to say we're going to be in Champions League, but I'm saying that we're comfortable in these games. We don't look yeah. overawed in these games. We don't look outclassed in these games. And that's really nice to see. And especially with, you know, when we've got forced substitutions, some injuries and also... Players I, still I, out. You know, Co- yeah. Coops was out, uh, not feeling well. Um, so I just thought we adapted really well. And I do want to mention, just as, as a... You know, obviously there's so many names that, that played brilliantly. But Pascal Stroik, who, when he's, when he's played out of position, defensive midfield, he, he can struggle a little bit. Obviously, he's very, very young and he's come under a bit of criticism. But when he plays in his natural position at centre-half, I think he's been outstanding. Mm. I'm just so impressed at his mental um, sort of fortitude to have had a couple of bad games, being hooked because he's been out of position. But when he plays in the position that he loves and he's natural at, I think he's brilliant and he's going to be fantastic. Definitely. Obviously, Fulham on Friday, um, their their form's improved um, slightly more recently. But Matt, what kind of game are you expecting on Friday night? Um, well, um, we don't want to talk about it, do we? But it's London, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, if we're going to break a, if we're going to break a duck, I mean, that's a good place to go. Um, their home form's not been particularly excellent. I mean, they've been good on the road, haven't they? But they've not been excellent, um, back at, um, Craven Cottage. I think it's a game we we should be winning, but Fulham are obviously fighting for survival and, um, they have been looking like a much more organised outfit than the one we played, um, way back at the start of the season. But you know, if we can, if we play like we played against Chelsea, you know, both both in attack and 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 at the back, then then I think we've got more than enough to overcome uh, Fulham, frankly. And I think they got they got a pasting, didn't they? Uh, was it three nil? Was yeah. it Man City gave yeah. them a bit yeah. of a drubbing? Um, and I just think that 
I think Pat mentioned it actually recently. Um, I think on actually on our show last week, um, he said that um, in the, there was a couple of games where we'd not been creating enough, and actually the last two games we have created enough. You know, we, we they, we've not scored, but we've been creating the chances, and um, I think that is really crucial. And I, and I see no reason why that won't continue against Fulham. And last couple of games we've not had the rub of the green either, so we get that. And um, I see no reason why we why we can't get three points in, in London for the first time in a million years. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And Jermaine, what kind of game are you expecting on Friday? I'm expecting a, a tough game, to be honest. Um, league position aside, Fulham have started to to find a little bit of form, and they're they're starting to to play for Scott Parker. You know, they look very very organised. Um, they've got a couple of players in their ranks as well who are doing really well. Um, so I think. It's it's definitely a game that we cannot afford to underestimate our opponents with. But at the same time, I think we should just keep doing what we do best. Because when we're overrunning people and, and getting in their faces and closing them down quickly and passing the ball quickly, and not many teams can deal with us. You know, we've we've seen it on many, many occasions this season. After the games are finished, the opposition players are uh, having the the interviews after the game, talking about how well the game went and what their thoughts of it were, etc. And pretty much every single one of them say, "Wow, they they outran us!" Like I'm I'm so glad we only have to play them twice a season, <laughs> you know. So when you when you hear comments like that and and you see the the caliber of player that's saying that as well, like we're not talking about players similar to ourselves who have just come up from the championship to the Premiership, who haven't had that that longevity in the game you know we're talking about seasoned pros in the Premier League players that we know play for their national sides and play week in week out in the Premier League against some of the best teams in the world in in Europe etc as well so when you take all that into account you know that you're doing something right you know that you're onto onto a good thing so I think just by maintaining it we'll be good but you know you you look at players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the middle of the field when he's on his day, he's brilliant. But it's just getting him on his day that seems to be the issue that that Chelsea found and now that Fulham are finding as well. You know, you look at Adamola Lookman as well, playing on the wing. He's definitely one of their danger men, like their main danger men. Because when the ball goes to him, he's so quick, so sharp. So he's he's talented and he wants to go past his players. And I saw that when he was at Ch- at um, Everton when he was younger as well, just a, a year, a couple of years ago, a year or two ago before he um, made this loan move. And you could see that he had something about him. There's, there's, I'm not going to call it arrogance. It was more of a, it was a self-confidence. He was, he was very confident in himself and in his abilities, you know, and he was quiet, but you could tell that he, he had a little bit about him and, and we're starting to see that now. And, I think we need to close him down as quickly as we can. Keep the ball away from from uh, Reed in the middle of the field. He plays holding midfield for him. He's done very well this season for him as well. Um, so I, I think we we definitely know where their strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, and I, I just want to see how much willpower and determination they've got because when you're in a relegation battle, you know when things aren't going your way and you're not touching the ball for. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or you're you're seeing very little of the ball, as they did against Man City the other day. Um, I think it would be a matter of time before they start to implode and one or two players will start stop tracking their players and you know the, the fullbacks will start having a go at the wing uh, the wingers and then the centre halves will have a go at the fullbacks to tuck in because they're getting overrun. I, I'm just I'm just 
I'm just excited for it. I'm excited, but I don't think we can we can afford to underestimate them. We, I mean, we're gonna. You're right. We're, you're right, we're gonna have to be absolutely on it um, because you know you look at the last two games we played them when in the championship at Ellen Road, they kind of controlled that game. I thought from for most of it, well over an hour of it, and we won three nil. And then and then in the Premier League game. He uh, um, also at Ellen Road. Yeah, we won four three, but Fulham actually in the last half hour they probably could have got an equaliser. They could have got they back into it. Us. So they'll be yeah they'll be fired up for this game because they've probably I don't want to say outplayed us, but they've probably they probably have been a little bit better than us over to, over the two games and they've come away with zero points. So they'll they'll be well up for it and and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Leeds just need to be need to make sure they're on it and not underestimate it. And I think the carrot to dangle for Leeds is that. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to tempt fate, but we win that, we're we're pretty much safe, aren't we? That's the yeah, thing. Exactly. So um, there's no reason to be to be not 100 percent straight from the first whistle. Well, no pressure, boys. What do you think, Em? I think it's an easy three points, and I've definitely just jinxed it. Now, <laughs> oh, God, no, what, have you said <laughs> what has she done? If it is, if we do win on Friday, I'm going to say that every week. If we lose, I'll right. never no, say it again. No, this is the time. No, okay. no, us. no, please don't. <laughs> please right, don't. Jermaine, in the last episode, uh, you touched on something that was pretty interesting, actually, about life as a footballer in retirement. And, and, you know, mm. how you adapt to that and how it works. And quite a few people got in touch to say they'd be interested to hear more about that. Um, so if it's all right with you, we just want to delve into it a bit more. Uh, not really. Touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> if we get Dermot Alumi back on to ask you, will it be all right? <laughs> Dermot can ask me anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but when, yeah. when did you realise the time was right to hang your boots up? Um, do you know what? It was frustrating because it wasn't, it wasn't actually my choice. So I had that decision taken away from me, which, um, is, is difficult to deal with because there's, there's always going to be that niggling feeling, that niggling thought process. I think I could still do it. I could definitely still do it. If I was still, if I was on the pitch, I'll be able to do this and that. So, you know, I've, I've, I'm always going to be stuck with that, 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 it's just like a, a niggling pest in the back of my head, just just poking me and prodding me and saying, go on, go on, see if you can. Go on, I, I bet you can. I bet you can. And then you've got the other one on the other side saying, don't be stupid, you can't. So um, the reason, but the reason, reason I had to call it a day uh, for playing professional football was because, well, football in general, I had... Um, three major knee operations. So I had one on my right knee and I had two on my left knee. Um, all three operations were identical. They were exactly the same all three times. So I did my medial ligament, which is the ligament on the inside of the knee. Um, I had to have that repaired uh, fully. I had micro fractures, which are a series of holes that were drilled into my bone. So when you sit down on a chair and your, your legs bent, your knee, your your foot's touching the floor and, and your bum's in the chair. The drills went into my kneecap from the front facing me. I had six holes drilled in and it was to, to draw the bone marrow and the blood and all that sort of stuff out and help to reattach part of my, my patella that had come loose three times. Um, and was, and that from, was that just from... Heavy playing, or was that was that impacts from tackles, or what is that just a is that just stress fracture stuff? 
No, it's, do you know what? I wish it was from a tackle because then I could I could put it down to something and right. not necessarily have somebody to blame, but I'll be able to to give it a reason as to why it happened. I, I don't actually know why it happened. They said genetics. Is it just your body just it, saying too much now? Yeah, you've 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 achieved wonders in your career. Come on, Jermaine, calm down, slow it down a bit. I'm only joking, guys. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but um, it was it was one of those situations where I, I I tried to come back from it the third time. So I had it done once on my right knee and twice on my left knee, and my left knee were back to back playing for Berry actually. So I did I did my left knee the first time, did all my rehab, um, went to St James. Uh, St. George's to to do the last part of my rehab as well, the final running bits and strength work and make sure I've got the stability so my knee's nice and strong, etc. And then it got to I came off the bench in in one of the games for for Berry in League Two. And I think I played maybe 12 minutes, if that. And at the end, literally as I was warming up, it my knee just didn't feel right. And I played and I, I literally, I almost scored as well. Very, very almost scored. Um, came off after that game, feeling my knee, felt my knee. And I was like, listen, there's something not right. Something's not right. I need to go for a scan. So went for a scan that evening and found out I'd done it again. So I just said, look, as much as I love it, you know, the, the surgeon said, if I have one more uh, operation on my left knee, I'm going to have to have a full knee replacement. And, you know, I, I'm, you, you lot know what I'm like. I'm an active guy. I, I like to jump around and laugh and joke. And that, that, would, have, that would have put a, an immediate halt to everything for the foreseeable future. And that, that just, that was a, a risk I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to take. So I said, look, I've, I've enjoyed a 16-year career. I've achieved so many things in my career. I've played at every level. I've scored at every level. Um, I've played in some incredible arenas with and against some fantastic football players and football teams. And I've met some incredible people right along the way. I've got to travel to the other side of the world, you know, and, and experience these phenomenal um, countries and, and cultures. And I can't afford to continue on this journey of mine just for self-preservation, just to just for pride. It, it was more ego and pride than it was mm. about thinking about whether I, I should or shouldn't call it a day. So I, I said, look, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a chat with my missus. I'm going to have a chat with myself and see what I see what I, I come up with, you know, see what what I think is the right decision for me to make. I could I could have still carried on playing, if I'm honest with you, but I would have always had that thought in the back of my mind saying, be careful because you could end up having to have a full knee replacement if you yeah. crash into that player or if he tackles you or and then you know when you're going into into games on like a an 80% mindset where you're you're 80% focused on the the task at hand you're not thinking straight you're not thinking properly you're 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 constantly going to be worrying and your eye is not going to be on the ball and and i couldn't operate like that yeah. I have to be all or nothing. So I just said, look, I've had a great time. Um, I'm going to have to call it a day. So I um, I ended up calling it a day. You you say pride and, and ego, but ultimately it's something that you love. I mean, take the money out of it, take the glory of scoring the goals and stuff, but 
it's just something you love doing. Like nobody wants oh, to give that up. Oh, honestly, if if I if I knew that I could get away with playing just one more ninety minute game and come through it unscathed, and my knee would be fine, just one more game, full game. Yeah, I would do it. I would play that full ninety minutes, and then I would say, right, now's enough. That's that's me. I'm done. Then it would be on my terms. But right. because because there are there's no guarantees. I could come through it, or I might not. And if I don't, yeah. then I know what's I know what's around the corner. If I don't, and that's that's not a that's not an option for me. That's not something that I want to to see or, or feel. How about like um? Do they still do the old masters, the masters footy? Like you know, like in in a few years time, or would that be the same deal? You still couldn't do that either because you're unique. Well, Matthew, I signed up for the Leeds United Legends versus Bayern Munich Legends that was at Ellen Road. And that was supposed to happen the 29th of March, 2020. However, we were rudely interrupted, weren't we? We were. How dare you, COVID? So if we get something like that in future, are you going to be up for playing in that? I will give it a go, yeah. I wouldn't be playing the full game. I wouldn't be playing half the game, maybe half an hour or so. 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, I'll give that a good go. Have some fun with it because it's not as as high intensity. The the levels aren't as as high as what it is to like to play a, a professional football game. However, that that being said, hold on, I'll, I'll take that back because Bayern Munich legends are actually they've actually got their own league and they're all super fit. So yeah, yeah. so I, I take that back about those guys. But the rest of them, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I could get away with, you know, minimal training. <laughs> mate, if, if, if you were in the charity match that I played in at Ellen Road, I think you'd be just fine, mate. <laughs> well, if you what. were playing in it, I'm pretty sure I will be. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be, I think, I think be all right, man. I had a one-two with, uh, with Lee Sharp where I gave him the ball and he just ran off. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, you're not getting it back. He was like, one-two, 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 pass it to him. He was gone. <laughs> I was like, cheers, I used to do, Thanks, mate. I used to do that on the pitch. <laughs> Go on, one, two, one, two. They passed to me and I just turned and ran, mate. <laughs> um, but Jermaine, how does retirement work on like a sort of practical level? Like, how, how do you say your goodbyes? Like, how do you announce it to your teammates? Do you have a leaving do? What happens once you've made that decision? Do you know what? I, I made the decision... Um, once the season had finished. But I made it kind of like, it, it seems like I made it a spur of the moment thing, but I didn't put any real thought into it. I didn't contact the newspapers or Sky Sports or anything like that and say, um, guys, listen, I've had a great time and, you know, I just want to stand here in front of the whole press and, and give this mm-hmm. big speech about, you know, my career and how fortunate I am. I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff because that's not, it's not me. So I just, I, I'm pretty sure I woke up the morning of and I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a, um, an Insta post out. So I literally just took a picture. I don't even remember what the picture was. It was such, it was such a spare of the moment thing. I didn't really think any of it through. Um, I put out a, an Instagram post and, and just said, Listen, I've had the greatest of times. I'm calling it quits um, on football, but I'm moving on to to doing everything with Supernova. Um, that's that's going to be my focus and my aim and all that sort of stuff. And that was it. I I pressed um, I pressed upload. I pressed send or whatever it is, and 
you know, that went out. And then I, I just carried on doing whatever I was doing with Supernova, packing a couple of boxes or whatever I was doing at the time. And then um, I saw it on Sky Sports News. I was like, uh, I heard, oh, Jermaine Beckford has retired from Sky Sports News, like in the yellow bar on the bottom. And I was like, what? I'm not that much of a big deal. And then like somebody came on and started talking about me and then somebody else. And I was like, damn it. I missed a great opportunity here for some promotion. (laughs) (laughs) This is the next step. Come on, Jermaine, think it through. But yeah. um, So yeah, it's, but it's, it's been, it's been a a hell of a, a hell of a ride an absolute roller coaster. I've been able to to do things that I never imagined I'd do. Like the whole media stuff, talking with you guys, um, I've been able to to go to lots of different stadiums and grounds and and listen to the the stories of the people behind the scenes. Not not managers, not players, not security guards that that are solely responsible for the players. But I'm talking about the the guys and girls that work in the the offices, um, doing accounts and um, talking to electricians, random electricians, and and car park attendants and. And just hearing their stories and, and just seeing what they're about and their experiences dealing with different players and who they think nice guys are and who who they won't be welcoming back with open arms. And like it's it's mental, honestly. It's absolutely incredible. I've I've met a couple of people randomly. Um when I I, I covered a game at Burnley, I covered a couple of games at Burnley and the stewards there, the first time I went there as a as a player, as a, a pundit commentator whatever I'm called nowadays podcast geezer whatever it is anyway um I walked I walked up uh, I parked my car down the street um walked down the uh, down the road which was quite refreshing if I'm honest it was quite nice and then I walked through the um through the barrier at uh, Burnley and the guy said oh Jermaine where's your car mate you gotta be careful I said what do you mean be careful he said well you don't want to get mobbed I said why not like I appreciate everybody. <laughs> I appreciate everybody. I want to give back to those people that have given me the the um, support that I've needed in in difficult times for myself. They may not have known it, but you know, whenever every we all go through moments, we all have have things in our lives that aren't necessarily all all fine, dandy, and rosy. But you know, you can hear one thing really randomly out the corner of your eye. Somebody saying, "Oh yeah." that guy is unbelievable. What a player he is. Like, they're not talking to you. They're talking uh, to you, but with somebody else. And then you hear that. And that kind of, it kind of gives you a, a little boost that you, you kind of, you've been missing, you've been lacking, you know, and, and they've helped me through certain difficult periods in my life. And if, if I could do anything to, to help back and help out and give a little bit back, then I will. And if that means signing pictures for people or just literally standing and having a, a, two or three minute conversation with 20, 30 people, then so be it. I'll do that. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I know for a fact that everyone appreciates that, Bex. Um, do you, speaking of support, do you, is, do clubs offer support to retiring players? Is there, is there, um, is there a community of ex-pros that, that, that get together? Because obviously any professional sport that you retire at such a young age must be extraordinarily difficult to sort of, um, you'd re-enter civilian life, as it were, um, because you know, from from not training every day to not playing, of course, and and there must be a whole host of of reasons why that's suddenly a quite a jarring snap back to reality. Is is there any support for any anything like that? Um, do you know what? I think it. I think the support depends on on the person. 
on the person that has just retired or the, the player that has just retired because obviously everybody knows me everybody that knows me knows that I'm I'm I I could have a half an hour conversation with literally anybody at any given time you know that that's just me so I I reached out to to TK and he opened the door for me and and we um I I ended up being put into a, a legends group chat with all the past legends of of Leeds United, you know, and I'm I'm still in it now. Uh, still in it now, very active, as you could probably imagine. <laughs> um, but there there are lots of little things like that 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 happen. I would like to think that every football club can do a little bit more because there are so many football players that are retiring every single year. Um, a lot of them, majority of them, without a real idea as to what to do next. And there are, there are programs in the PFA um, to kind of help you out with that. But if I'm honest, players' egos won't let them um, right. take that initial step to ask for help. You know, asking mm. for help as a football player is, is almost like, well, accepting your weak. Whereas that's, yeah. that's in the player's mindset. But from the outside looking in, it makes perfect sense. And I'm, I'm not one of those people that, is worried about asking for help. If I need help with something, I will ask somebody and see if they if they know how to help me because I know ultimately it's going to better me. And if it betters me, anybody that comes in contact with me will will feel the benefits of that as well. So I, I would like to think that that every football club will do a little bit more or can do a little bit more, um, but they have to they have to feel like their work their their hand that is out to help people is being yeah. is being used you know if they if they yeah. can if they keep on asking people do you need help do you need help what are you doing after you finish playing football and guys and girls are, are turning around saying no, no no i'm all right i'm all right i'm okay i've got xyz sorted out i'm, I'm okay you know the, the clubs can't exactly enforce their thoughts and, yeah. and stuff on onto the players so it's about having the players having an open uh, open mind to different things. I guess it's it's important to break down that stigma that it's a problem, isn't it? I mean it's it's mm. uh, you're seeing it quite a lot in um in sports now, um you know in rugby league and and um a few other professional sports where there's a, a real keen focus on mental health and the acknowledgement that it is a totally normal and expected thing that when suddenly a career comes to, to an end at such a young age especially one that has been all consuming since you were like, I mean, what did Pat say? He was at Forest since he was seven. Like you've had, yeah. no, you've known nothing else throughout this entire period. And suddenly it's gone. Like it's not abnormal to feel lost and, and just need a, a, not even help. Help's not even the right word, is it? It's just, just that maybe a Direction. community of people. Yeah. Just something yeah. just to, yeah, absolutely. And I think getting rid of that stigma is crucial. Do you know what? I, football, Football was my first love. Obviously, outside of my my parents, my my little brother, football came next, and then my sister. So it's always been. Uh, no, no, no. She was she was born after I started playing. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that sounds better. It's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> but you know, when when you have to when you have to forfeit something like that, and it's not your choice as well, you're losing. It's it's like losing a family member because it's it's something so close to you and something that you've loved, yeah. literally loved for your whole life, as far back as yeah. you can remember. So especially players that retire through injury, I think need more 
help and assistance from football clubs to say, listen, mm. we are here for you. We know you're going through some, some you're going to go through a difficult time right now, but what you need to do is think about, take a take a, a week or two to yourself, literally don't contact anybody, just, just keep yourself to yourself, get your mind right. In two weeks time on this date, we're going to send somebody to your house or you come into the training ground and we will have a, a talk, a discussion about the next steps, what we do next. Because as a football player, if you, from my own personal experience, when I when I found out, right, I, I'm retiring now, that's it, I'm done. The last thing I wanted somebody to do on that day was say to me, right, what's next? What's the next plan? What do you want to do next? What are you planning? That's, I didn't want that. I just wanted to be at one with myself and come to terms with this, this loss of mine, you know? Um, loss is a really useful word, I think. Like loss, yeah. that's what it must feel like. It was, it was. But once I came to terms with the fact that, well, once I accepted to an extent the fact that I wasn't going to play football again, I said to myself, right, well, I've already got Supernova going on. I've already got this going on. What can I do? What else can I do? How can I stay within the football community? Because I love football. So I I went into my own contacts and, and reached out to a number of them. And the one that I favoured the most, um, I ended up um, joining him. So um, that, that was kind of my journey um, as to getting back to, well, dealing with the whole retirement thing and, and what comes next, et cetera. What about Leeds was it that, that made you, obviously you were here for a long time and, and must have had fantastic memories from great successes at Leeds, but you could, I mean, there could have been a bunch of clubs that you, you know, Everton, Leicester, whatever. What was it about Leeds that you were like, that's a club I want to be, I want to be associated with going forward? Oh, because we've been through the ups and downs and like, I, I, you know, I've said this before. After the first week of being a, a Leeds United player, being immersed in the Leeds United culture, I was a fan. I, I, I fell in love, you know. And it's difficult to support the club when you're at different clubs. It's very, very difficult. Trust me. Yeah, I know. So um, as soon as I retired, it, I just, I just found it almost like. Um, it was almost like a, it was a relief to be able to to get back to Ellen Road, but from a fan's perspective and and enjoy mm. the games. Like you can't enjoy the games fully when you're playing. Sure. Not fully. You enjoy yeah. aspects of it. Like I've always enjoyed um, scoring goals. I've always enjoyed winning games and celebrating with the fans on the pitch. I've always enjoyed those parts of the game, but there are other parts of the game that you don't like. Getting smashed. You don't like... Um, running for 95 minutes <laughs> anybody that says they do is lying like it's, it's not the truth so um being able to to step back and watch it and watch it all immer and, and immerse myself within the whole game and and watch certain scenarios unfold and, and watch patterns of play as they're they're being created you can see traps being set on the field I love it because I get to I get to appreciate it now from a manager's perspective, from a fan's perspective, from an owner's perspective. I'm watching it and I, I just, ah, oh, mate, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I fell in love with everything to do with Leeds United when I first moved there. The, the club, first and foremost, the fans, the players, the staff, 
literally everything about it. And and that's that that was why I, I came back. I never left, matter of fact. I never left. Yes. I just wasn't allowed to support it properly. I wasn't allowed to support properly. There was a piece of Jermaine Beckford at Alan Road. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. <laughs> and Jermaine, um, obviously when you're playing, a huge part of that is keeping yourself fit and you kind of, you have to, don't you? You have to be at your peak in order to perform. But when you retire, how difficult and how important is it to try and sustain some level of fitness for your mental health, I guess, more than anything? Oh, so difficult, so difficult. Because you, as a as a football player, again reaching back into my own my own repertoire of of uh, fitness sessions that I've been forced to endure. I mean, I've enjoyed doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know you're you're in a you're in a routine, and you get stuck in that routine, and you enjoy the routine, and you not everybody enjoys doing the routine the same way. So I I've always had my ways of doing things. So I would do my core work first thing in the morning. And then I would do a little bit on the bike before we go out to, to training. Then we go out and do a little bit of head tennis before the training session starts, like head tennis or two touch, keep the ball in the air. And then we start the session. So by the time we start the training session, my body, my whole body feels like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fit, I'm ready to go. My muscles are warmed up, etc. And then after training had finished, I would stay and do a little bit of finishing practice, go inside, um, play basketball uh, at Four Parts. We used to have a basketball court in there as well, upstairs by the physio department. It's completely changed now. It's not the same anymore. Um, so I would do that for half an hour with a couple of the boys, go and grab something to eat, go in the gym after that, and then go home. So my routine was set. And that was pretty much every day, uh, right through the week. Once you retire... You don't have to do that anymore, and your seat, your your settings are all different. You're at home now, and if nobody's saying to you, you're, "Right, you're working at nine o'clock today. You've got to be up by so and so time." If you can, you take it a little bit easier. Ah, oh, it's all right. I don't have to do that right now. I'm gonna, you know, I'll do that in an hour. I'll do that in two hours. I'll do it at twelve o'clock. You know, and before you know it, you've you've missed a whole day, and the whole day's been spent by saying, "Oh, I'll do it later." So I'm trying to get back in. Like I've, I've been, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cycling. So I'm, I've been doing a little bit of cycling. Um, I kind of got a little bit obsessed with it, if I'm honest with you, just because it's the routine. I got the routine back, and then the winter kicked in, and it was a bit too cold for me outside on the bike. So I stopped for a bit, but I've recently gotten back into it, um, and I just. I, if I don't push myself in the morning, I know it's going to be a lazy, lazy day. So I, I try and bang out 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and then that's it. I take the kids to school, jump on the bike, up and down the beach, go back home, do whatever I have to do, go and pick the kids up, and then do whatever they want to do. So it's just about trying to set new routines. And it's not setting a routine that you're going to find um, challenging on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. It's about finding a routine, finding something that you enjoy doing that's going to be easy on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. So then you stick with it. If it's too difficult the first week, you're going to say to yourself, do you know what? I, it's not for me. I can't maintain this. But if you start off slow and steady, which I've started to do again, 
you find a way to enjoy it and you say, right, well, I did 20 push-ups yesterday. I'm going to try 21 tomorrow. Right, I did 21 yesterday. I'm going to try 22 tomorrow. And it's just those little improvements to help you kick start, uh, to get yourself in a routine. And that's, that's kind of what I'm starting to do now. And how is it with diet? Because I, I know from, from my experience, my limited experience of doing it for, for jobs, um, when I've had to sort of eat a certain diet and, and give up alcohol for three or four months, I know that at the end of it, I, I, I go off the deep end. You know, I, I, mm. I, yeah, I do. I get whatever I can get my hands on, any carbs that <laughs> yes. I can find, any beer I can find. Um, but you, you guys, yeah, what? so you, you've obviously been told to what to eat and when to eat it your entire life. So now you've gone vegan, have you? Not now. I've been vegan no, but for I mean, a good so few were, years, were you, pal. Were you, were you vegan during your career? Um, while I was at Berry, uh, okay. while I was at Preston, the, the last six months or so while I was at Preston, um, and then the two years at Berry and the year and a half since. So I've been vegan about four, four and a half years. Well, I guess what I want to know is when you, when you quit football and suddenly you don't have to eat as right as you would have when you were playing or certainly when you're in the Premier League, you're probably told what and when, and suddenly you don't mm. have that. Like, is that mm. quite difficult? Cause you think, what I can, I can eat what I want. Like, did you have a, um, did you have a problem with that, or were you fine? Were you all right? No, I was all right. <laughs> You're all right. It's just me then. All no, right. do you know yeah. what? Do you know what? <laughs> to be honest, I, I've I've um, we've always eaten healthily. Always eaten healthily. Um, and just because I've retired, it doesn't mean that I've done anything different. I've not, I've not done much differently. So I'm I'm able to enjoy vegan sweeties, um, vegan chocolates, or or little bits and bobs. There's no that. I don't have to worry about being 4% body fat anymore. Like, I don't right. have to worry about that. So there is that. But I also do like to look decent. So, you know, as soon as they open the borders up, if I'm allowed to do a, a last minute three-day breakaway with the missus, I, I want to look half decent in a pair of shorts on the beach, you know? So I, I, you have to look after yourself to an extent. So I'm 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 constantly trying to... I'm not, I'm not like Rio Ferdinand-esque where... Any given opportunity, I'm I'm doing push-ups on the floor or something. I'm I'm not I'm not obsessed with that. I'm just I just want to I just want to feel good. I want to feel all right. And I've I've always eaten well. Um, and fortunately for me, when I eat badly, I feel terrible, and I hate feeling that way. So I just don't eat that way. And for me, it's it's easy. I feel like your idea of eating badly is probably my normal day, Jermaine. Yeah, my mine as well. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. You, you didn't see these sweeties there and my ginger beer there, no? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've done this is your life, um, but it's actually, it's really interesting. And just finally, Jermaine, before we wrap up, like, I know this is completely off script, but what did make you go vegan? Because I feel like people that would talk about it, do you feel better? Is it is it because it's healthier? Tell yeah. us why. Because... Um, Health reasons, health reasons. Um, somebody really close to me, a really close um, family member um, was going through some stuff um, health-wise. And um, I said, look, I know you're hard-headed. I know you're stuck in your ways and you're, you're, you, you've got that old school mindset, that old school mentality where, you know, by eating whatever I want is fine. I'm, I'm okay. Nothing's going to change. I'm going to be fine forever. Um I said, look, I will do this with you. I will, there's only so much I can do in terms of the medical side of things, but I will do this with you. I, I will change my diet and, and eat what you want to eat with you, you know? So um, we uh, we ended up 
eating healthily together and it just kind of stuck with me. It, it's kind of opened my mind up as well to, to a, a whole array of new um, ingredients, new products that I'd never, I'd never even heard of before, you know, and, and that's kind of where I started off, but I've maintained it um, because I think that was my missus. I'm not entirely sure. I just flew by. Um, <laughs> she's, she's, she was vegan a few years before me. Um, and she was always trying to tempt me with, with vegan burgers or a vegan bolognese or bits and bobs, you know, and I would, I would, if I had the choice, I was always saying, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm all right. Don't worry. I'll, I'll have my normal stuff here. I'll, I'll eat my normal stuff, what I know. And then it got to a point where she didn't ask me for like two weeks and I didn't even click on, but she'd been giving me vegan meals for, for two weeks. And I'd felt, I'd felt much better. I felt lighter. I felt more energetic. I felt like I could do more. You know, I, I didn't have that lethargic feel. I didn't feel like I needed to, to have a, a nap in the afternoons anymore. Um, and that was kind of, that was kind of where it, where it stemmed from. But I, I do, I do feel I feel energetic. I feel light on my feet. I feel like I, I, I've got bags and bags of energy. You know, you lot would never know this about me. You know, obviously, I, I, I don't seem like I'm the energetic <laughs> type. But, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's something that I've I've always appreciated being shown that way, and I, I've I've just I've just immersed myself with it. But I'm not I'm not one of those people that's gonna constantly push oh, you should be a vegan because you need to eat this because it's bad for... No, I'm not that person. If you want to talk to me, if you want to ask me about what I eat on a daily basis and why I eat it and how it makes me feel, then great. I'll have a conversation with you. If, you're, if you want to change your, your mindset and you want, to, you want to be a vegan, but you don't know how to, great. I'll, I'll help you out, you know, but I will never force anything upon anybody. Yeah, I feel like that could be, you know, part of a future episode, actually, that you tell us what you do eat in a day and me and Matt sit here feeling like absolute shit because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, gonna be, it's bound to be a lot healthier than what we eat. But just finally, no um, I'm going to take the spotlight off you for the final question, Jermaine, and put it on Matt because obviously with being an actor, duh, 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 I love the panic <laughs> on your face every time yeah. I go to answer your question, Matt. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in a job that you could keep doing for the rest of your life, couldn't you? Um do you ever think about doing anything else or, well, yeah. Um, um, not really. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't really have a, a, a thing either. You know, there's always like people have a thing that they have yeah, outside of their work. a hobby or a passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't, I don't really have that. I kind of, well, you've um, got us. Come on. Well, yeah, but you guys. Yes. Um, Please. But I've been, I've been doing it since I was five. Um, and it's been, what's that now? 26 years. Yikes. Um, and um, yeah, I don't really know anything else. And I still really, really love it. I still enjoy it. And it's one of those professions that I'm exceptionally, I mean, like football, exceptionally lucky to be doing it. Um, and I listened to Bex there talking about when he lost it and he, and he, he, he said it was akin to grief. And I kind of, I can imagine it being a similar thing. And so while I'm allowed to, and while people keep letting me and inexplicably pay me, then I will, <laughs> I will, I will keep Continue. doing it as long as, as long as I can. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose genuinely watching the sport and stuff is kind of the only real thing that I have on the side. Like I, you know, I, you know, I play football and I'm always watching sport whenever it's on and I know full well and I knew my whole life I've never been good enough to ever do anything um, like that professionally so 
I'll keep doing this as long as they'll let me in. I'll just, I'll just watch the sport, I think. <laughs> and cat sitting. You're good at that as well. And I'm, can, and I'm pr- apparently not bad at cat sitting, judging by the <laughs> sound she's making. She's purring away. Also, how are you getting on with helping me out get, a, get an acting role? Uh, well, as I said to you, and I've said to you many, many weeks in a row now, once I get a job, Bex, <laughs> I'll get you one. I'm looking after numero uno at the minute. <laughs> and, and to be fair, Jermaine, you've seen him as Pat's agent. It's not that great. <laughs> No, he's not, to about? be fair. Matter of fact, just let me know uh, what roles you're going up for and I'll, I'll pop myself up for it as well. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> right then, thank you so much for joining us this week. Cheers for listening. Do keep your reviews coming in. Uh, it makes all the difference, particularly in helping Leeds fans around the world hear about the podcast. We'll be back next week. Best of luck to the lads for Friday and cheers you pair. Take care. Thank See you, you later.